we go. We are on Law and Gospel on this Monday, May the 22nd, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and do we have an interesting Sunday coming up. It's called the Day of Pentecost, May the 28th. Now, during the church year, there are some high festival Sundays. Of course, Christmas is one of them. Good Friday, Monday, Thursday. Easter is the supreme festival, of course, because that continues every Sunday as we talk about the benefits of Christ's death and his resurrection. But now we're moving into Pentecost. Pentecost occurs so many days after the Passover. It was a wonderful festival where the people would give sacrifices to God, particularly of their, well, what they grew on the farm. And a part of that would go to God in thankfulness for the rest of the sacrifices that are coming. It's kind of interesting as we uh, drive around Northern Illinois, going to the four congregations I'm helping with right now, that the ground seems pretty dry. And there's certain areas where they really need rain. So continue to pray that God will send rain on those farms because when it does rain and everything is working properly from a agrarian point of view, wow, that's really good because crops are coming in. So crops are now coming in on the day of Pentecost. Now, the Old Testament reading is from Numbers 11, where Moses uh, has the Lord give the Holy Spirit to many of his elders. But the reading from the gospel is from John chapter 7. We want to take a look at that. Uh, at the feast of the Passover, and this is early in Jesus' ministry, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, John explains what Jesus is referring to. Now, this he said about the Spirit, and that's capitalized, referring to the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. So they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost had not come. And that's explained in the last part of the Holy Gospel from John 7. For as yet, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, that glorification occurred for many of us who celebrated it last Thursday night as the ascension into heaven. Because at that ascension, something happened. And it's very important to understand that. 
because there is disagreement even among Christians. And what had happened is that not only had Jesus in his divinity now also being in heaven, but also in his humanity, not just his spirit that went to heaven on the day of the crucifixion, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit, but now also his body, his humanity. And in his humanity, he now has all the qualities of his divinity. In his humanity, he knows all things. In his humanity, he is all-powerful. In his humanity, he is everywhere. So we do not believe, as some Christians teach, that the humanity of Jesus is only in heaven, whereas his divinity can still be with us on earth. Now, that raises a problem because such Christians don't believe in the proper understanding of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the sacrament of the altar. They don't believe that they're receiving the true body and blood of Jesus Christ because his body and blood are in heaven. But we believe, teach, and confess, as Jesus says, when he is glorified, then even in his humanity, he has the qualities of his divinity. Jesus has two natures, human and divine. And while he was here on earth, he did not make use of his divine characteristics. There were times he did not know things, such as when the last day was coming. There were times when he was surprised, when he was at Nazareth, that they did not believe in him. And, and so we see that in his humanity, things were happening that did not occur in his divinity. For example, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, they could not die. But Jesus, in becoming a human being, was able not only to die, but to suffer, which he did on your behalf to be saved. So now we're going to be celebrating this Sunday, and it's after the ascension, after his glorification into heaven, that the Holy Spirit was sent. In Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, who is the all? Well, that includes not only the apostles, but the disciples, many who had followed Jesus. And remember, there were those who followed Jesus for three years while he did his ministry. In fact, when Judas died, they replaced him with Matthias, who was also a disciple that had been following Jesus. And God selected him to be the 12th apostle in replacement of Judas. So the day of Pentecost has arrived, and suddenly there came from heaven 
a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Now, that's important to understand because the word wind is also used to refer to the coming of the Holy Spirit. One can even translate in Genesis, the first chapter, that the wind hovered over the face of the waters, the Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. Because creation, although Jesus did create all things, according to John chapter 1, the Holy Spirit and God the Father were also involved in the creation of the world. All three persons are mentioned in the first three verses of Genesis. How people who believe the Old Testament cannot believe in the Trinity when you have the three verses in Genesis referring to God the Father who created the world, the Holy Spirit who hovered over the face of the waters, and God the Word who said, let there be light. And there was light. So, the entire house where these disciples are, suddenly tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, it's very interesting and important to understand what is meant by other tongues. We are not talking about some angelic gibberish. Uh, for example, when I was going around to congregations, occasionally I would stop in at a non-Lutheran congregation and be a visitor in their worship service. I just wanted to see what they taught. And I had gone to one church, I've told you this before, and there were a group of the members gathered around a lady, and they were encouraging her to speak in tongues. But what they meant as tongues was not some known foreign language, but a language of the angels. Angelic gibberish, they refer to it as. Now, why were they doing that? Because this was a group of believers in the church who thought that you could be sure that you were saved if you were able to speak in tongues. So she began to just mumble some words, and they interpret that as speaking in tongues. But of course, she didn't know what those words meant. And that's part of that charismatic church's experience. Somebody speaks in tongues, and then someone else is there to interpret it. And it's not at all unusual that you may have more than one person interpreting it, and they give different interpretations of the same tongues. But on this day of Pentecost, it does say they spoke in tongues. What kind of language 
was it? It reminds us that dwelling in Jerusalem at that time were devout men from every nation under heaven. And they were included in that were Gentiles, not just only Jews. And at this time, the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. I, I don't know why that phrase is not heard by people who think that angelic language is what they're supposed to be speaking. No, the multitude who were dwelling in Jerusalem, they had heard the disciples speaking in their own language, not the disciples' language, but the language of the people. And they were amazed. Verse 7 says, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Now, remember Acts chapter 2, the gospel writer there is Luke, who wrote the gospel according to St. Luke. In fact, in both the gospel and in Acts, he references one of his readers named Theophilus. It appears that Theophilus, a Greek name being lover of God, was a Gentile who may have been in adult instruction, so to speak, with Luke. And Luke is giving him a history, not only of what Jesus said and did, but also about salvation through Jesus Christ. And now on this day of Pentecost, the multitude are hearing the disciples speak in their own language. Luke makes a big point in naming the various nationalities, which would also refer to their languages. They are Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. What's a proselyte? A proselyte is a person who decided to believe in the Jewish religion. There was a special section of the temple where the proselytes also worshiped. They were not yet allowed in the assembly with Jews who had, well, shall we say, been confirmed in the faith. But now there's gonna be no distinction in fact, later on in Acts, when Peter is talking to Cornelius and his 
friends and family who are all Gentiles, they also, in hearing the words of Peter, began to speak in tongues, just as what happened on the day of Pentecost. And that's what the apostles use to convince the people that Gentiles are also part of the family of God. And the people were amazed. They say in verse 11, again, underscoring what tongues are, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Now, there's a story that's told about a husband and wife who are in, I believe it was South America, and they were talking to natives there about Jesus Christ. But they had to learn the language because the language the natives were speaking were not one with which they were familiar. And they did not know the language yet. But some of the natives were very angry at them. And they tied the pastor up and they were going to put him to death. And he was praying to God. And suddenly he began to speak in a language that he did not know. But it was the language of the people of that area. In fact, when Lutheran Church Missouri Synod missionaries came to the Indians, they used to tell them to teach them what German was, and then they would be able to tell them the message. But they soon learned that it was better to learn the language of the Indians. And not all Indians spoke the same language. And this is what we do when we send missionaries overseas. When I went to Siberia and I was there for three weeks, I, of course, did not know Russia. I was in a wonderful city. It had a seminary taught by Lutheran pastors called Novosibirsk was the area, which means New Siberia. And as part of Concordia Mission Society, we raise money for Novosibirsk, the sem seminary. In fact, we just sent them over $200,000 that would have been raised through Concordia Mission Society. There are a whole number of missionaries that are supported by mission societies. And these missionaries learn the language of the people whom they are with in order to share with them the message of Jesus Christ. So, yes, we speak in other tongues, but we often learn them. Even there are places at the seminary where, for example, in the United States, they're looking for more people who can speak Spanish because there are a lot of Hispanics that have come to the United States, but they don't know English. And so it's important. We have congregations that have different services, one for the English and then the other for Hispanics. In fact, there's one in 
uh, Beardstown, Illinois. And it was unfortunate that a new pastor they received, he came down with COVID. He was brand new from the seminary and he died within a week. Fortunately, they have received a new pastor, but they still don't have the pastor who can speak Spanish. So if you know Spanish and you are able to be a pastor, check out one of the two seminaries, Concordia Seminary St. Louis or Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and find out how you can become a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, speaking Spanish, because there's a lot of people. In fact, how many times do you have a bill to pay at uh, maybe a grocery store, Sam's or Costco, or a department store, and you do it over the phone? As soon as you phone them, they have an option for you if you speak Spanish, you hit number two, and then all of a sudden you have someone who knows Spanish talking to you. So I, I don't know of places that do it with other languages like Chinese or Japanese, but there are enough Spanish people who know the Hispanic language that need somebody who talks to them. So, when the disciples start talking about Jesus Christ, people were amazed and complex, but others mocking them said, they are filled with new wine. In other words, they are drunk. Verse 14 of Acts 2, Peter standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, which means that was nine in the morning. But this, what we are saying to you in these other languages is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, J-O-E-L. Now, why is that important? Recall the time when the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they didn't understand about the crucifixion, heard about the resurrection, but were perplexed. Jesus met with them. They did not recognize him at first. And he began to tell them why it was necessary for the Messiah to be crucified and rise from the dead. And how did he do that? He used Old Testament Bible verses from Genesis through Malachi. There are hundreds of them that prophesy about the coming of the Messiah. In fact, one mathematician has figured out if only a dozen of them had been fulfilled by someone, that is way, way beyond gambling odds. 
the odds of that are tremendous. And yet Jesus fulfilled hundreds of these passages. So what does Peter say? He says, God declared that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that not only men, but also women can become pastors? No, the word prophesy there is not the teaching office of the pastor he's talking about, but the fact that even women are able to teach God's word. I mean, how many Sunday school teachers are you aware of that are men? There are some, but most of the Sunday school teachers are women. And when I taught Sunday school teachers, I would have them meet ahead of time and we would go through every lesson for the following few weeks, telling them the distinctions between law and gospel, which of course the Concordia Publishing House material does a very good job in doing. Now you may not have a Sunday school at the church you're attending because there are so few children there, but you have children. I would encourage you, you to purchase the Sunday School material from Concordia Publishing House. It's referred to as Enduring Faith. Just go to the internet, cph.org, and ask for Sunday School material, and they'll send the teacher's guide to you, and you can share, therefore, with your children the good news of Sunday School, because it helps children to understand what was being said on Pentecost, namely that Jesus Christ is their Savior also. So Pentecost is a time when all of us can speak the language, the language of children, the language of adults we can learn in order to give them the greatest news the world has ever heard. We'll celebrate that on Pentecost and tomorrow look at the hymn, Come, Holy Ghost, God and Lord. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.